0: Revelation means unveiling. There we go. Thanks, Matt. I do want to just thank our brother Matt, who's been very encouraging to me. It uh, hadn't been for him, this you wouldn't be seeing pictures, which is neither here nor there. But uh, it's—I I tell Pam, this is my outline. This is my outline. You're spending time doing something that's important and uh i think that's that's what we want uh in our lives don't we we want to be spending our time doing things that are important in god's kingdom and i pray that uh with that spirit we will enter into this study of the seven churches of revelation Uh, i just want to say something uh to fathers uh, those that i haven't said happy father's day to my own dad used to say that uh, Father's Day has a flower, and it's called the dandelion. And he, well, what do you mean, the dandelion? He said, well, the dandelion, because the more it's trampled on, uh, the stronger it becomes. So uh, happy Father's Day, all you dandelions out there. It's a, it's a dandy, dandy day, I know, for many of us. So we're embarking on a study, which has been... Uh, in the planning stages uh, for quite a while. We've studied Acts, and now we're going uh, into a study of the churches and also applying some of the New Testament principles, which we hold uh, so dearly uh, here at Westville. So we're, we're looking at the church of Ephesus. And before we actually uh, look at Ephesus, specifically. We're going to just go back. Uh, I'm going to read chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 uh, for just a little bit of context. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. John, who bore witness to the word of God, and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. So this revelation or unveiling of Jesus Christ and his message via his angel or messenger to each of these seven churches, which is also relevant to us today here at Westville. And John, who will write these things, and through that writing, has given us directly the words of Jesus Christ. Remember, every single one of those words to every single one of those churches was directly from Jesus Christ. In my Bible, it's all in red, so there's no doubt about it. And I did want to also read to you the voice of Jesus Christ here in this first chapter because it's significant. We skip down first to verse 8. These are the words of Jesus speaking directly to us. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty Let's not forget who Jesus is. He is who he says he is. I am who I am, the everlasting, the almighty, the the Lord, our Lord. And he repeats this in verse 11, words of the Lord Jesus. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Notice the little bit different here as to what he said in verse 8. What you see, John, write in a book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia, that is Asia Minor, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And then his words in verse 17. If we missed it the first two times, let's not miss it the third time. At the end of verse 17, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. The beginning and the end, the preeminent one, the one who has the last word, the very last word in all history, our Lord Jesus Christ, beginning, end, first, last. Verse 18, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of Hades and death. A reminder, he's been resurrected. He was here on earth. He died for us on the cross. And now, by the power of God, he lives and always will. 19. Write the things which you have seen, past, the things which are, present, and the things which will take place after this. And it's been pointed out that this is an outline for the book of Revelation. The things you have seen? Chapter 1. The things which are? Chapters 2 and 3 in the churches. And the things after this in chapters 4 through 22, the prophecy. In verse 20, the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. No doubt, Jesus unveils a mystery here. The seven angels or messengers in his right hand and the seven lampstands are the churches in his left hand. Remember too, that Jesus is in the midst of these lampstands. He is in our midst this morning. And that is the glory and the beauty of the truth of scripture that not only is he in our midst but he is in the midst of all churches believing churches in his name he is directly present with us we can communicate with him so one angel to each church each church has a special messenger no ecclesiastical structure no clerical hierarchy, one messenger directly from Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And each word, each, each angel, each messenger contains words appropriate to each individual church. There are similarities and there are difference, differences, but each message is also not only corporate, but personal. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I pray that uh, my ears, in preparing this message, uh, have heard the message that the Lord wants me to bring and that your ears this morning are in tuned. Now, this message isn't all introduction, but I do, <laughs> I do want you to turn quickly to the very last chapter of Revelation, the chapter 22. There are four things that we need to keep in mind as we study these various churches. And these are matters of importance. Chapter 22, verses 6 through 9. I'll just read those. Then the angel said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. And this refers back, of course, to chapter 1, verse 1, which we just read. Behold, this is Jesus speaking, I am coming quickly. This also was a message contained in those first three verses of chapter 1. The continuity is very important, that we see the beginning and the end, if you will, congruently. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. And remember, we said, it is a blessing to read this book, an even greater blessing to keep the words. All right, verse 9. Oh, I'm sorry, verse 8. I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, see that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. of this book. Worship God four things here. Verse 6, the importance of God's inspired word. All through revelation, the importance of the word of God, often personified, but often speaking of the written word as well. Priority number one. Number two, verse 7, the imminent return of Christ. We sang that song this morning. A little while, so encouraging, a little while. It may seem (laughs) interminable, but it is a little while. That should encourage us. His return is imminent. 3, verse 8 and 9, our worship belongs to God and God alone. John, pardon me, mistakenly bows before the angel. He in verse chapter one in chapter one he had bowed before the living Lord. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. That's one seventeen. He was not rebuked for that, was he? Jesus received his worship, and as we gather each Lord's Day to worship, we are to remember that he and he alone is the object of our worship. The words, our hearts our minds are in tune with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Lord and Savior alone. He alone is the object of our worship, not an angel or any other thing. So fourth thing, importance of God's word, the importance to remember the imminent return of Christ. Our worship belongs to God. And fourthly, in verse 13, I am the Alpha Omega, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Jesus is Lord. He is God. He is the beginning. He knows the beginning from the end. We don't, but he knows the beginning was good and the end is even better. Amen. Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen. he told his disciples just before leaving the earth, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth and it is true doesn't seem so but it is true and we rejoice in that so in verse 16 and I'll just read that I Jesus have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches I am the root and the offspring of David the bright and morning star again there's a continuity to this book There is a blessing to all who read, and an even greater blessing to those who understand. (laughs) But in just reading, there is a blessing. So, let's look at the church in Ephesus for a moment. First, the good news. Jesus has good news. Later, we'll get to the bad news, but let's look at the good news first. Ephesus, the word means desired one. This church, we know a lot about this church. We've read the book of Ephesians. Uh, We know in Acts 19 and 20, Paul went there, founded the church, sent Timothy there. This was a church Paul was highly invested in. They were Jewish believers mainly. They were committed to evangelism, They were committed to the spreading of the gospel. The Ephesian church was typical of many first century churches. It was a church where good works were highly valued. And remember, every good work that we do in Jesus' name does not go unnoticed. I'm just going to read from Matthew chapter 10, verse 42. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he is my disciple, he will certainly not lose his reward. And we're reminded that we cannot lose the life that we have. He says, whoever loses your life or his life for my sake will surely find it. When we think of opportunities to serve others, think of that. Even a cup of cold water. And I, just, I, I want to share something and encourage Pam and I uh, a couple weeks ago. As we looked out across the street, we saw two of the neighbors, husband and wife, from our Bible study, mowing the lawn of the woman who was recently widowed. Uh, what it, and, and they just did it. They weren't asked to do it, but the wife said, you know, it's like the Lord said, this would be a good thing to do. A cup of cold water. You know, what is the need? Can I meet it? I pray that there are opportunities to come forth uh, in your life. So five things. Man, I did it. Okay. (laughs) Five things. And not to go into a lot of detail here, but these five things were things that the Ephesian church was commended for. We're not justified by works, but in Ephesians 2, verse 10, we are his workmanship. And those works, we're told, are already waiting for us to do. If you read that verse, God has prepared those works for us to do if we do it with the right heart. So, we serve Christ when we work for him. We're separated as a church, we're in, but not of the world. He, he says that we're a pure church. That is, we're faithful. Tick down this, this list, if you will. We're enduring. We're not weary in well-doing. We're consistent. They were patient. I shouldn't say we. I should say them. He's, they're, he's commending them, not us, Okay. Don't get a swelled head here, okay? They were consistent. They were patient. They were not weary in well-doing. They were faithful to the word of God. They were separ- They were aware of their separation from the world and autonomous. That is, the priesthood of the believer was bre- being practiced. No ecclesiastical denominational ties. It's a direct line to the Lord Jesus Christ. John 16, 13. The Holy Spirit will guide you in all truth. We have within us as believers the Holy Spirit who will guide us in truth, whether it's individually or corporately. Please do pray for the elders and deacons. Somehow they're planning meetings next Saturday. I don't know how that's going to happen. Sunday. I don't know how that's going to happen, but there'll be something. (laughs) So please keep praying for the deacons and the elders. These are not man's ideas. These are God's ideas that were... We're, we're looking for in our direction here. And uh, the church of Jesus Christ, what is it? It's a dynamic, it's an organic organism that moves at his direction. Now, in this, in this verse, and I, I'm sorry I did not read the verse, um, my, my fault, so let's go back for a second and read this section together, chapter 2, verse 1. And before we do that, I'm just going to ask the Lord to bless this time together and the time we've already had together. Dear Father, we look at this church in Ephesus several hundred years ago, but yet, Lord, the principles, the practices, the admonitions, the commendations are ones that we know that You want us to consider. So, help us understand and help us, if we need to, to change and help us to be more fervent in our love for our Lord Jesus Christ, the head of our church. All right. So, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand. Now, those are the angels who walks in the midst of the seven golden landstands. I mentioned that before. This is Jesus standing in the midst of the churches. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil, and that you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Verse five, remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So now we're ready for the bad news. Verse 4 Nevertheless, I have something against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Only one criticism. Well, you know, five good, one bad. That's close to an A, I would think. No, not at all. This is very serious because the words of the Lord are such that if they do not repent of this problem, their light will be taken away. The church may go into non-existence, or at least if they still are in existence, they will have no effective testimony. So just a quote from Bill McDonald, commentator. This is what, this is what he claims has happened. They've lost their passion for Jesus Christ. And it wasn't long after they were founded. This is with probably within the first 30 years. And this was happening again. This is typical of churches of that day. So let's not get too comfortable. The fire of the Ephesus church and its affection for Jesus had died down, the glowing enthusiasm of its early days had disappeared. The Christians could look back to better days when their bridal love for Christ flowed warm, full, and free. They were still sound in doctrine and active in service. But the true motive of all worship and service was missing. And of course we know that motive is the love of Christ to serve him and him alone. So the works were there. The separation was there. But The love was missing. The motivation for all service. The sacrificial love of Jesus Christ. First things first. First love. What does that mean to you? First love. Okay, I think back. Pam and I were involved in a a prayer group, which was, you know, sitting in a circle, holding hands, praising God, all of that. Went out and bought a bumper sticker for my car, I heart Jesus, you know, Uh, I was, I was told later, you know, the way you drive, you may want to consider taking that bumper sticker off, Um, but it's funny because we had friends that we would visit uh, down in New York, and uh, we had this bumper sticker on the back of of our station wagon, the kids would come in, oh, we know the Herndons are here, how do you know the Herndons are here, oh, we saw the I heart Jesus out there, (laughs) so, Okay, so maybe you don't have to be quite so bold. I remember I had a you know, I had a cross around my neck. But I, I think when I was a young Christian, probably the greatest effect I may have had was getting to school early and at my desk in the workroom, just reading my proverb for the day and having a quiet time with the Lord. Out of that came a Bible study and, you know, some people kind of you know, a typical reaction you'd get, right? Pastor Pete, hey Pastor Pete, you know, how's your Bible reading going today? Fine, fine. Want to join me? You know, so anyway, that's the, you know, that's the first love. And okay, think back to last weekend, if you can. You know, I know some of you (laughs) have memories of, oh no, how are we ever going to get this done? I'm talking about the wedding last weekend. (laughs) Janet's chuckling, Leah's. Probably holding her head. So there was a lot of work that went on. But, you know, why? Why? Because we love this girl. You know, And we know it's a little while, right? Okay, so maybe you stay up till 1 o'clock tonight and get up at 4 the next <laughs> morning. But, you know, it's a little while. And it, she's so worth it. And it's a testimony. All right. So here you have, okay, bridal love. Right? Now, if I can find where I am in my... In my notes, Uh, I can't really, but they're here somewhere. All right, so, okay. So let's talk about Joy and Justin. They're not here. You know, what characterizes the the bridal love? I want to be with you. I'm thinking about you all the time. I just want to smile with you. I just want to, you know, be near you, okay? Now, this is the joy that the first love, characterizes isn't it okay they're obviously in love okay doing little things for each other I don't think Pam will mind and I was thinking about this message and thinking about this what can I do for Pam in the morning so I bring her flowers of course she's allergic but out of the garden you know I didn't go out to the store out of the garden and little thing and she's very gracious and then today I said what do you think of those flowers says well you know I'm allergic to them don't you (laughs) Okay, so we're thoughtful, you know, we we do things that really please the other person, pleasing the Lord, okay. But, you know, that other thing, they only have eyes for each other. I saw some of the pictures, you know, they only have eyes for each other. All right, so think about the bride, think about the groom, think about the first love, and okay, honeymoon's going to be over soon, back to reality, okay, burnt my toast this morning, all of that. But, but listen, we all know couples, some of whom are actually in this assembly, who not are demonstrative, but you know, little things like standing together, smiling, holding hands. maybe well, I, we, don't, we don't do that here. Um, <laughs> but little things that illustrate that, yeah, even after 25, 30 or more we won't go into detail uh, this couple's obviously in love. They care. About each other What would you like to do today, sweetie? Okay Maybe not. But you know, at least consider the other person and what, what they want, like what flowers they're allergic to or not. So, if you're before a judge and jury, could there be a conviction? You're accused of loving the Lord Jesus Christ. Is there enough evidence that you could bring before the court to prove your case? Putting him alpha, putting him first. Okay, I don't know where we are in these slides, but let's try this one. We're not quite there. We're not quite there yet. But here's the inventory. All right, here are the three R's remember, repent, and return. So, okay, going down memory lane here. Think about the first love. Think about the joy. Think about the willingness to risk being embarrassed for Christ. Okay, leaving a tract with a waitress or striking up a conversation. It, It is rather amazing that I don't know why this waitress came up to us at breakfast last, was it Thursday? Maybe she saw us praying over our food, but she poured her heart out to us. It was what, 15 minutes or so? She made us late. <laughs> but that wasn't the priority, being on time for some tour at the college. We'd have been too exhausted to do the rest of the weekend anyway. But this woman had something on her heart she wanted to share. Are you open? You know, are you open to interruption? I know, you know, we have caller ID. Oh, Bill Ewan. Oh, let him see on the answering machine. <laughs> we'll see if it's really important. No, no, no. Are we willing to be interrupted, even at dinner? Whoa! Please don't call at six o'clock. It's you won't be able to get through anyway because it's always, you know, those people who call that you don't want to call. No, not Leah. No, 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 no. The the, the commercial people. That you know. What do you call those people? Telemarketers. Right. Not Leah, telemarketer. Oh, is that what you do for a living? Oh, oh, okay. It is Leah. Okay. Thank you, caller ID. All right, so take a spiritual inventory. That's what this remember is. Repent. Ask the Lord to forgive you in areas where you're falling short. Real sorrow. Let's repent. Real sorrow. My, my prayer life, Lord. My, my Bible reading. Uh, my enthusiasm for, you know, attending meetings at Westville, especially those elders meetings. Oof. Um, Wally and Bill, you're not taking notes, are you? My, you know, my willingness to j- just go out the door and, and, and talk to my neighbors. I actually got a phone call from a neighbor of mine, because <laughs> I used to walk in the neighborhood a lot. He says, hey Pete, when are you going to start walking the neighborhood? People are asking about you. I said, who? He says, well, you know, the people, they, they, they always shut their doors, but still, they, they kind of miss you walking around the neighborhood. OK, I'll start walking around the neighborhood again. So what are these areas? And then the, the, the last are, return to the first works. Return to the first works. Memory work? How's your memory work going? Mm. How's, uh, how's uh, I mean, memory, I don't mean, yeah, well, anyway, memory in general, right? <laughs> but, you know, memorizing scripture is what I meant. Thanks, John. Uh, witnessing, you know, we, and we witness in various ways. It doesn't have to be one-on-one. It doesn't have to be personal. It can be through other means. And, and prayer request. There are five men that I met at our reunion that I'm praying for and that I'm staying in contact with and that I'm, I'm praying about sending the PowerPoint. Uh, One actually called me. Actually, two two called me afterwards. Three called me afterwards. Memory. And um, just for a continuing discussion of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. So the warning. I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand unless you repent. So if there are things, and this affects Westville. So if there are things that you're falling short on, See if the Lord wants you to repent of those things and, and do them and bring them before the Lord. So this is, my, this is my prayer, that we at Westville would rediscover our first love for Jesus and for one another, that we would fervently pray for it and pray for one another by name. Some of us were already doing that. That we would practice it. We would practice our first love among ourselves. Don't get gushy, but you know, a hug's okay, or or just a handshake, unless you're Paul Saplicky. Paul, that handshake is really, really (laughs) bringing the love of Christ to others in our neighborhoods, at our workplaces, in our families. Just being the light. Okay, question, can Westville's lamp begin to burn more brightly than it's burning? Well, absolutely, but we have to follow the prescription, the prescription that Jesus gives to the church in Ephesus. Thanks for that slide, Matt. He who hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And you can't see that. Oh, maybe some of you can. 2 11 That's because in every single, every single church, you will see this phrase. Jesus wants every single church to hear this message from the Spirit of God. To hear it, And to apply it. There's three kinds of hearers. Hearers without ears. Those are the unbelievers. The second, most of you out there, the ones who are dull of hearing. No. (laughs) And the third category, all of us, who not only hear, but obey. Doers of the word and not hearers only, James tells us. Doers of the word and not hearers. Hearers only. That's who the Spirit has in mind. So, the reward? Let me see. To him that overcometh. To him that overcometh. Uh oh. That means I got to climb a mountain. It means I got to swim a real wide river. It means I got to hike a marathon hike. No. What does Jesus say? How are we defined? as an overcomer, who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God, that makes us an overcomer, and that gives us the promise that is given here in verse 7, the last verse of this portion, Jesus said, be of good cheer, and this verse was quoted, I believe, uh, this morning, I have overcome the world overcome the world. Overcome the world and its values. Overcome the world and its enticements and its temptations. Overcome the world and its sin. We, as believers, can walk in righteousness. Doesn't seem that way 100% of the time, but the times that we do, we should remember. The victory, and this is what he promises us, we are overcomers. And the believer's reward to eat of the tree of life, and you see verses in Genesis and also in Revelation chapter 22, the tree of life. And that somebody else is going to have to cover that because my life is about over, at least at the podium here. (laughs) Maybe in other ways too, I don't know. So let's be clear. As Christians, we, you and I, are often overcome. By cares, circumstances, stresses of daily life, losses, whatever it is, sorrows, griefs. Okay, we're overcome by that sometimes. Listen to the word of encouragement from the Lord Jesus. We are people of God who have the power within us, the power of the Holy Spirit, to overcome the temporary discouragement of negative circumstances, those that would separate us from the love of Christ. We are not helpless. We are not hopeless. He is our helper, and he will help us if we ask him to. Maybe not right like that, but over time, he gives us the peace that we need. Pamela, I love this little song. Um, Brenda Lee. Anybody remember Brenda Lee? Okay. Little Brenda Lee. Okay, well, she sings a song on the Bill Gaither album. It's called Have a Little Talk with Jesus. Have a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Have a little talk with Jesus. Okay, and sorry. But, you know, those are the kind of things, playing those little silly songs with meaning, that can change our attitude. Have a little talk with Jesus. He'll make it right. Just do that. Silly little song, silly little tune, but has a great truth to it. Last slide. Some one of my favorite pictures. Did you take that? Did I take that? Some lady. Some lady. This is actual, these are clouds forming a cross. Let me read it. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The cross is central to the message of God's love. The Greek word for tree, as you probably know, cross, the same word for tree used in the tree of life, tree, same tree the cross the tree of life, you get the connection I'm sure so what about me, what about you because of the cross we have the gift offered to us of eternal life I have loved you with an everlasting love Jeremiah 31 3 Deuteronomy 6.5 To love the Lord we are too. Love the Lord our God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Please, Lord, help me to be that person where I can love you completely, totally, and holding nothing back. One of my favorite hymns. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Vast. Unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling as a mighty ocean in its fullness over me. Underneath me, all around me, is the current of his love, leading onward, leading homeward to my glorious rest above. That's the, that's the deep love of Jesus. And then I was posing the question this morning, how do we describe that love? and there's a there's another hymn that has a verse that helps me with this oh sacred head now wounded maybe you know that maybe you know that okay and here's the first verse what language shall i borrow to thank thee dearest friend <clears throat> okay for this thy dying sorrow thy pity without end O make me thine forever, and should I fainting be, Lord, and here's the line, let me never, never outlive my love for thee. Let me never, never outlive my love for thee. And you know what? There's a person in our home, not ma'am, not me, that this is so evident, going to be 100 years old in a few months, and every day she spends at least an hour Doing her Bible lesson, she calls it. She's got three books, two calendars. I mean, it's amazing. The organization is amazing. <laughs> and it this is this is exactly what I'm what I'm talking about. Oh Lord, let me never never outlive my love for the. She loves the Lord. Okay, Leah, I think we have time. We don't really, but I've asked Leah to. Come to the piano. Can you see that? I, I, so many hymns, so so many great hymns. But for me, this hymn kind of encapsulates what I was trying to communicate uh, this morning, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. So... I know it's a little after 12, not much, just a little, and uh, Leah's going to play and we're going to sing the song, okay? We're going to sing the song.
1: Death into life everlasting. He passed and we follow him there. <coughs> Over us sin no more has dominion, for more than conquerors we are. Turn your eyes upon so,
0: Let's pray. Father, we are debtors to your grace, debtors to the love you've expressed through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to reflect, to remember the way it was when we first met you, those days, that day. Whenever we first realized that we were your child and how grateful, how thankful we were and how grateful and thankful we are today. So Lord, keep us faithful and when we slip, we know you're there to catch us. So thank you for this message to the Ephesian church. We pray that we can apply some of the message to our own lives. Thank you and take us home with your blessing